This is Friday, July 7th. How do you define yourself? Who are you really? On Sunday, we heard a little story of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the German pastor, who was arrested by the Nazis and killed before he could be liberated by the Allies. Bonhoeffer was accustomed to wealth and success. He studied in Rome and also in the United States. When Germany fell and began to fall under the sway of the Nazis, he could have remained in safety in the States, but he refused to do so. Instead, he returned to his native Germany to be alongside his students and to support them during the worst time of their lives. Ultimately, he struggled as a pastor with the possibility of getting involved in an assassination plot against Hitler. Of course, he was deeply divided over the question. Hitler's death would no doubt save hundreds and millions of lives. But how could he justify taking the life of anyone? In the end, he decided to participate. I don't think inaction was, in, was a possibility for him. And the plot failed. Bonhoeffer was arrested and imprisoned. Now, I share this story because being in prison was a shock to Bonhoeffer. He'd known freedom all his life. And he spoke of this moment. Who am I? They often tell me. I stepped from my cell's confinement calmly, cheerfully, firmly, like a squire from his country house. Who am I? They also tell me. I bore the days of misfortune, equably, smilingly, proudly, like one accustomed to win. Am I then really that which other men tell of? Or am I only what I myself know of myself? Who am I, this or the other? Am I one person today and tomorrow another? Am I both at once? Indeed, when someone has had something stripped away, it's a time like that that you can wonder who you are. This is a helpful question for you. Who are you, who are you if what you own, what you've accomplished, and what your career is, what you do, and who you know is taken away. Is there anything left of you? You see, we can so deeply entrench our identities in these things that, that that's who we become. We can build our lives and our, our identities on the approval of people or on what we've gathered for ourselves or the success of our children or something that we've done. We pursue the respect of others through titles and positions, influence, reputation, or status. The idea of having my identity in Christ, well, how am I going to get there? Many people do not really follow Jesus because they're afraid of losing things, losing status, losing friends, losing themselves. Now that takes us to our text for today. This is Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return 
for his soul. Now, from the get-go, what Jesus says here is cringeworthy. The cross was the most despised thing in the ancient world. There was nothing like it. The Romans used it to do their worst, to kill slaves and rebels. So just to speak of the cross was considered poor taste. But here Jesus is telling us that following him means taking up our cross. How can he say that? Well, first notice that taking up the cross is the way we follow him. That means to follow Jesus is to have our identity in him. To do this means a sort of death, a death to self, a death to pride, to building my own life, to my, uh, my own identity, my identity on my own. Just like the cross, it's a painful death. Why? Well, we live in terror of losing what we built for ourselves, of losing ourselves, really. But this is just what discipleship is. It is replacing a self-directed life with a life in Christ, one directed by the Spirit of God. Now, for us, we have to submit ourselves to this death in order to enjoy the fullness of what we have in Jesus. Even as we think about this, you can see how this would seem insane to almost anyone. But Jesus says that when we lose our life for his sake, we will find the life that is really life. It's a life of peace because we're bonded to Christ, hidden in him, and completely secure. Now, as much as we have to submit or surrender to this new life, Bonhoeffer had his life taken from him. When, when that happened, he wrestled with who he was. He could no longer be the person he had always been, in control of his life, a winner, secure in his status. And as we said, that was taken away. And who was he? Here's how he responded. He said, who am I? They mock me, these questions of mine. Whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. That's it. I'm yours. I'm secure in you. Now, returning to our scripture for today, we see that Jesus holds nothing back. He's not willing for people to follow him without really selling out and actually doing that. He says, go ahead, pursue the building of your own identity and yourself. Gain the whole world if you can. But in the end, you'll find that you've lost your soul in the process. You see, it's in a death to ourselves that our real life comes in its fullness through Christ. C.S. Lewis put this quite simply when he said, Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him, and with him everything else thrown in. Let's pray. Father God, it's true we want it all. We'll try to gain the whole world, even though it's a fool's errand that leads us far from you. Remind us today that our hope and future is to be found in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.